This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grant Haven Campground. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. The first... If you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. The weekend is here, and for today's guest, every day's the weekend. Our old buddy, the newly retired Northwest Regional Fisheries Supervisor, Henry Drews. We're catching up with Henry next. Thank God it's Friday, gonna cast out a line. The afternoon sun is flying oh so high. I'm a peaceful kind of guy, most usually. But I'm hunting on the fishes in the deep blue sea. Making sure my bait is all nice and stinky. Gonna add a little, let it make the bait go sinky. We can wait another day to do the patchwork laundry. Cause now we go and when planning your trip up north, plan to park your RV or camper at the spacious Grand Haven RV Campground in Bemidji. You'll be in the perfect area to ride ATV, fish, hunt, and hike. With free parking for your boats and trailers and located just off Highway 2 west of Bemidji, Grand Haven Campground is the center point for your next Northland adventure. Fish hundreds of surrounding lakes and cruising the miles and miles of the ATV trails northern Minnesota has to offer. Visit GrantHavenCampground.com and book your stay today. I'm Bruce Jean and this is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Well, we're talking Minnesota fishing with Henry Drews, the former uh, Northwest Regional Fishing uh, Supervisor. But first of all, Henry, we're talking Minnesota fishing with you, but you're not anywhere near Minnesota right now. No, right now I'm out in Oregon uh, awaiting the arrival of our first grandchild. Uh, that's that's very exciting stuff for sure. Are you going to be able to do any fishing while you're out there? No, probably not. <laughs> this is, uh, um, in, in essence, a business trip. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen... Um, First question for you is, are you fishing as much as you thought you would be now that you're retired? Well, you know, I always accused of, was accused of fishing a lot, so <laughs> now it's more than a lot, but I don't think it's ever enough. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of a roundabout uh, answer to your question, but uh, I, I try to take full advantage of, of my new career. Well, we're we're talking to you for the first time when you're you know you're dressed in your civvies when you don't have to put on the uniform anymore. What's it like to be just an average Minnesota angler? You know, I think I like it. I think that this new role is going to fit me just fine. Uh, that said, I, I do miss I, I dearly miss the, all the people I worked with in in fisheries and and all the the customers and, and clientele and stakeholders that I interacted with on a frequent basis. I still interact with a lot of those folks because you build relationships, but it's just it's just different. You got a different shirt on. You know, we uh, we talked a lot about this um, when we had our final chat when you were still in uniform. But for those who maybe missed that, um, what would you say are, are your top two or three favorite accomplishments when you were in the role? 
Oh, yeah. You know, and there's a lot of things I feel really good about, and none of these are my accomplishments. You know, they're, they're real, real team efforts. And if I had to list two that I was I feel best about being involved with, uh, you know, the first would be um, the, the partnership uh, between the state and the band and on the restoration of the Red Lake walleye fishery. You know, that was something just incredible to be involved in, and, and gosh, it's, it's still going better than anybody could have envisioned. Uh, the second one would be a longer-term project, and that was uh, working towards the restoration of Lake Sturgeon in the Red River Basin. Again, many, many partners, lots of DNR staff, and and to see people now catching sturgeon uh, throughout the Red River Basin and to, to see documented natural reproduction taking place in some of the rivers uh, where we put those fish and where we remove dams is is just, yeah. That's just really, really cool. That's something that is multi generational uh, success story. Wow! Yeah, those were those were two biggies, and and of course, uh, also under your watch, uh, you know, we changed the northern regulations, which I think was really uh, important to some people, and uh, and we've uh, adjusted the the panfish regulations on some lakes as well, which is more of a statewide effort. Yeah, again, those are um, those are projects that involved a lot of people, but. Um, I feel really good to have been involved with those. Um, you know, it's going to take still a few more years before we start seeing the the, um, the benefits of the the Northern Pike Zone regulations, um, the bluegill regulations. We now have on about 200 lakes around the state. A lot of them in the Bemidji area, and the trials that were done on on the experimental bluegill regulations. Many of them had their um, their origin right around Bemidji and. And those lakes today, you know, lakes like uh, Paimooch and Gull, um, are, are just phenomenal bluegill fisheries. And and I, I'd have to say that today um, is the good old days of bluegill fishing in, in uh, much of northern Minnesota, uh, largely in response to those new regulations. And uh, that's been fun, really fun to actually go out and enjoy now, as opposed to working on the uh, implementation side of things. So um, I have been... Uh, enjoying the fruits of some of those projects so how has the fishing been for you this year uh i'd say it's been excellent you know i really focused the first month of the season on on walleye and i thought that that was a very good walleye season i've heard some of your other guests the guides and that talk about it when when you have a later spring and the water stays cool you know up into early july you know that that extends the good walleye fishing so i took part in that and then i i shift gears to uh, largemouth bass fishing and and fishing for bluegills. Um, the one thing I didn't get to enjoy this spring uh, because of the the high water is I was all ready to go with sturgeon, and I never made up the rainy river because of the flooding. No oh, right, dealing with a mess up there, and still are. Mm-hmm. Um, but by and large, I'd say it's been an, an excellent excellent summer for fishing. So what uh, what's your recommendation for when we're out fishing, let's say, uh, since you've been doing bass and pan fishing lately? Where should we be looking for them? What should we be using? Well, I tell you, on those hot, sticky, muggy days, you know, if you're bass fishing, you know, it's it's up against the edge of the lily pads. And I usually like to fish uh, with top water uh, later in the evening. Um, as, as the day gets brighter and it gets hotter, those bass will back down a little bit. And so I'm fishing weed lines and uh, deeper weed lines in six to twelve feet of water. Uh, I had family up here. We were fishing uh, big bluegills uh, for last week prior to coming out here to Oregon, and 
and uh, they were really grouping up in the deep water and you know 12 to 18 foot of water the the deeper the deeper the water you fish it seems the bigger the sunfish you catch and so we were fishing small leeches on uh, little jigs in in uh, deeper water off of the weed lines the points and and that and and really really doing well really well i had and my wife's 88 year old dad out in the boat with me and and uh we did some bass fishing and we switched to bluegills and he was just having a gas and you know kevin a lot of our lakes around bemidji that's where you also find the walleyes this time of year so oh, yeah. you're be going along with your little leeches and fishing for bluegills and all of a sudden your line will stop and it's like what the heck and so uh um, my father-in-law got to catch one really fine walleye on, on an evening, uh, a bluegill trip, and, and that kind of made his day. He is the fairly newly retired Northwest Regional Fisheries Supervisor, and we're getting caught back up. Got a lot more to come with Henry next. Hi, this is Chuck Hasse on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, doing my part to keep Kev Jackson employed for another year. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu I'm Chuck Hasse of Leisure Outdoor Adventures, and you're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Henry Drews, the retired Northwest Regional Fishery Supervisor, my guest today. So I have a big question for you as, as one who's been immersed in the biological aspect of fishing over the years. Have the walleyes always been in the weeds, and we just didn't know it or didn't want to try it, or is this a new phenomenon? You know, I, I think on some lakes it's a new phenomenon. And I'll, I'll reference um, that I, I think in Winnie, because of the water clarity improvements and with the zebra mussels and that, you know, I, and the weeds are growing out to deeper depths and they're probably more lush than they might have been, say, 15 years ago. I think it's becoming a, a new habitat um, for, for walleyes in some lakes. I really do. In others, um, you know, I used to fish a lot of lakes around Bemidji and, and I'd find these walleyes, walleyes, bluegill fishing. I think they were always there in a lot of our smaller natural lakes. Um, but as water gets clear, I think they're using leafy vegetation more than they used to. So the answer, I think, is both, Kevin. If they're in the weeds, it's it's the way to do it. Because like you said, you don't know what you're going to catch. You could be active for many hours. Yeah, I tell you what, you put a you put a medium to large leech on a slip bobber or on a weedless jig head and, and you throw it on the edge of those that cab that really large leaf cabbage beds, something's gonna hit. It might be a pike, it might be a large bluegill, it could be a big perch, you know, but more than more than likely it's gonna be a walleye or a bass using that edge habitat. So we're gonna find out how much of a just a Minnesota fisherman you are now. Are you gonna tell me these hot lakes you've been on? Well, I've I've um, I've been fishing a lot of lakes. <laughs> you know, the best walleye lake I was on this year was Red. You know, and I think it's just barely starting to slow down. It was a good year up there. Um, I just love fishing big water. You know, the smaller lakes um, I've been uh, doing well on Big Lake, the Twin Lakes, Julia Lake, Deer Lake, Balm Lake. Um, that's kind of a core of the waters that I've been to. 
I uh, haven't been on Plantagenet and a few of those others, you know, medium-sized waters, but, um, you know, that core group I mentioned, I've been rotating through there a lot. And also another one that's uh, really had a great year is Turtle River Lake. Turtle River has been really good for walleyes and uh, and also panfish. Smallmouth bass, you know, I've run, been running into smallmouth bass. That's something I've focused on since I've had a little more time to fish and you know, that Turtle River chains become quite a smallmouth bass fishery. And so I've spent some time chasing smallmouth on the mobile and big turtle and uh, really enjoyed it. And, you know, we're starting to hear, and I think I, you and I maybe even talked about this, um, <clears throat> bass fisheries in our neck of the woods are only going to probably grow uh, as we, you know, deal with climate change. It. You know, bass numbers have increased across all of northern Minnesota, even in the boundary waters. And it's a result of of the lakes getting warmer. Um, you couple that with some of the lakes that are with the lakes that are getting clear with zebra mussels and you're getting more vegetation in those. It's the combination of the habitat changes and the climatic effects on water temperature is making our lakes more uh, favorable to to bass and also bluegills and crappie. Crappie populations around the, the Bemidji Park Rapids Walker area right now are excellent. And, you know, they too have, I think, have benefited from, from warmer waters. Yeah, they just uh, those types of fish are what we're hearing more and more of. Um, it doesn't seem to be uh, negatively affecting the walleyes, but like uh, AIS, it sure kind of changes when they bite, where they bite, and, and how you have to go after them. Oh, absolutely. It, it's a, a, a behavioral shift um, in a lot of waters. Um, across the state, the DNR biologists are seeing some waters that have less carrying capacity for walleyes after zebra mussels. Mm-hmm. It's a light penetration thing. Um, I, don't, I don't think we've documented too much of that around the Bemidji area yet, um, but behavior-wise, those fish are, are doing different things. Those walleyes are deeper. They're becoming more active at night. Successful anglers are shifting their fishing times to lower light periods of the day. Are you uh, seeing, you know, zebra mussels be a, a nuisance to you as an angler very often? Well, I, I'd say this was the first year where I became, um, I was taking zebra mussels off my line mm. more frequently on Lake Bemidji than any time, any year before. Um. I don't know if I'd call it a nuisance, but I would say that it, it, it you know, you, you have to check your line more frequently. You need to definitely make sure you're not fraying your line, your leaders, you know, on your Lindy rigs and that. They're not getting frayed. So you got to check that more frequently. And um, so, so nuisance, uh, that may be a little strong, um, but, but definitely a presence to be aware of. No doubt. No doubt. Um, as you, as you, um, live this new life what do you miss the most i I miss the daily interactions with the staff you know during my tenure in um in bemidji as a regional manager i think i directly or indirectly hired everybody that's working in northwest minnesota and um you know you talk to those people all the time you know sometimes more than your wife (laughs) (laughs) and and i do still communicate with a lot of those folks but it's not as frequent and so you lose track of what their families are doing, how their kids are doing, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you know, the family, the DNR fisheries family, 
just don't yeah. interact with them as much. That's, to me, uh, what I miss probably the most. On the scientific end of things, the, the, the work job end of things, I miss the lake surveys and the management plans. I read every lake survey. I, you know, my, one of my jobs was to review and approve lake surveys and management plans for all northwestern Minnesota, and I miss that end of things. That's how you really keep your finger on the pulse. That's how you really would stay communi- you know, in direct communication with the lake associations or the sporting groups is, is having that personal knowledge of, of what's in the lakes and what, what, what they find in the most recent netting. You know? So that stuff really turned my crank. I miss it. Now here's the potentially loaded question. What do you miss the least? Um, what do I miss the least? And I think it's uh, the dysfunctionality of um, – the the agency in, in the ability to it seems like the ability to make decisions has gotten more and more difficult over the last uh, all three to six years and and uh, that was becoming frustrating and talking to colleagues that hasn't really improved much so I I don't miss the inefficiencies of some of the decision making processes. <laughs> I think, you know, just about any business, that that might be one of the deals, especially the bigger of the business, no question. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's, I, I, I never, it never troubled me to gather all the information, make an informed decision, and go with it. And, you know, if you're in baseball, if you bat 300, you go to the Hall of Fame. In the DNR, you know, if you bat 200, you go to the Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. It's just, it's, you know, it, it's not a perfect science. It, there's a lot of art in, the, in, in fisheries management, and you just develop a comfort level making your best informed decisions, you know, include the right people, gather all the information and make the decision. And um, when it has to go into an incubator and you don't hear back for three to six months on whether you can do it or not, that's kind of frustrating. So We'll wrap it up with Henry Drews next, including, yes, the Fast Five. I'm Jason Durham with Go Fish Guide Service. I'm proud of the efforts my fellow guides and I make to help Kev Jackson sound like he has a clue. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hi, I'm Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. I'd like to invite you to drop a line in one of the 400 lakes in the Bemidji area. We have 160 miles of biking trails, forest trails, campsites. You can even get your picture with Paul Bunyan and Babe is Blue Ox. And when your adventures are done, we have some of the best eateries that Minnesota has to offer. Plus, much, much more. And don't forget to check us out at the Minnesota State Fair in the Education Building. Bemidji, one step further. I'm Kevin Cochran, and you're listening to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Rattling up with Henry Drews, the former Northwest Regional Fisheries Supervisor, and we're talking retirement. I've done some things that I, I wanted to get done, uh, you know, or I wanted to try. I did maple sap. Uh, collection with a friend this spring i never had time for that that was really fun i enjoyed that a lot and helping friends do some house projects and i i uh, renovated a 16 foot lund fishing boat an old bench boat that i turned into my little small lake specialty boat something i've always wanted to do is have a nice small lake boat and uh i've spent more time in that than i have my larger boat this summer (laughs) really that's kind of funny i call it the office <laughs> and then uh, wake up. Said, "What are you going to do today?" I said, oh, "I think I'm going to spend the day in the office." How does she feel about you being able to do all this stuff? She's still working. Yeah, but she's eating good. 
<laughs> I've, uh, you know, I, I always enjoy cooking, but it seems like I, I have uh, assumed that responsibility a little more, a little larger share and the, and the house cleaning and all of that. And that's okay. I, I like that stuff. So, um, but you know, a little bit of frustration every now and then. So I try to be a really good boy, <laughs> you know, this time of year when, uh, you know, I've already done a lot of fishing and I got hunting season coming. So I, uh, I try to do, go out of my way to, to, uh, do a few extra things around the house before I disappear for the fall. Right. And what uh, what do you what do you in particular like to hunt for? Oh gosh, uh, you know it starts with uh, sharp-tailed grouse on the North Dakota prairie. Uh and then it moves into pheasants and ducks and you know come November I I, I do a little deer hunting. I'm not an not an avid deer hunter like some of the people you speak with on your program, but mm-hmm. you know I like going out with my black powder rifle when the snow hits the ground and and still hunting, and I, I really enjoy that. And and then late season pheasant hunting again into December, right into early January. So it's three months of uh, out and about. Wow! And then do you uh, do you take now? <clears throat> maybe maybe now you'll do it more. But do you ever go uh, south and try ocean fishing or uh, southern lake fishing or anything like that? Well, I I uh, we spend a week or two in uh, Captiva Island, Florida saltwater fishing uh every spring and in, in march and uh we're going to try to add another week or two to that over the years uh, god willing um but i love fishing for redfish and snook and and all the other species that you find when you throw a shrimp in the water down there i, I really really enjoy that i haven't done any um or don't have any plans to do any southern reservoir fishing in that you know i i i kind of like the ice fishing end of things in the winter up here so i'll I'll stay closer to home, except for Florida. Well, now you you do have uh, you know a daughter out in Oregon. Do you expect uh, you'll try those lakes at some point? I imagine you will, huh? Yeah, there's some some good reservoirs here, but uh, mostly it's salmon fishing in the rivers. Oh, you know the Rogue okay. River is is they live right near the Rogue Rogue River, and that's a salmon and trout fishery. So that's where their energy is kind of goes for the the fishing end of things out here is is trout and salmon and. That's, uh, you know, other than going up to Alaska where, where, you know, a fish just jumps on your line most of the time, I'm going to have to learn a whole new set of skills to be able to be successful <laughs> on trout and sand. <laughs> oh, well, Henry, uh, it's really great talking to you again. And then, you know, now that you've got all this extra time to fish even more than you fished before, I'll just have to keep uh, checking in with you and find out what's going on. Well, but. Well, I still listen to your program. I love listening to to the uh, the folks that you interview. And gosh, what a what a repository of of knowledge, you know. And it's just been a great program to work with you over the years. And and listening to all the great people you interview, it's uh, and it's always so upbeat. You know, it's not that way everywhere in the fisheries management world. And and, and it's um, it was an honor to have worked with you and and uh, listen to your other guests and talk about all the positive virtues of sport fishing in northern Minnesota. Well, thanks. I, I appreciate it. We love having you on the show. Uh, but we're not going to let you go quite yet because now that, you know, now that you're a civilian, you have to endure the Fast Five. Oh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> we're just going to throw five questions your way, and uh, you, just have to, you just have to answer them. It'll help us learn a little bit more about Henry Drews. I'll do my best. Some of these I think I know the answer to. Well, at least one of them I know the answer to, but I'm going to ask it anyway. (laughs) 
said, no, that's you already took away one of the questions I was going to ask next time around. I thought I thought the, the um, politically correct police might have uh, eliminated that one from your list of hot. <laughs> well, they haven't caught me yet. But so, Marianne, you're a Marianne guy. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. I'd see, I can. I, I would think you would be. Yes. All right. This one is an easy one, though. What's up? Best five. Question number one: What is your favorite fish to catch? Oh gosh, freshwater or saltwater? Uh freshwater. <laughs> that would be largemouth bass. See, I, I figured it was a bass of some sort, large or small. I wasn't sure which. Yeah. All right. But then we have to ask you question number two: What is your favorite fish to eat? Oh gosh, that's um, summer flounder off of the east coast or halibut out of the Pacific. Okay, so your your two favorite fish are saltwater fish. Yeah, you like real fish flavor then. Uh, well, halibut and flounder are very mild. Okay. okay. Yeah. So now, in terms of freshwater, I think I take a nice batch of yellow perch over it. Okay. Question number three: What was the first fish you caught, and how old were you? I bet I was uh, around two from the pictures I've seen. And it was a sunfish, a bluegill. Wow. Okay. Good, good memory. But part of that had to do with photography, I'm guessing. Well, we we actually had printed images oh. in those days. <laughs> <laughs> Question number four: What was your favorite subject in school? Oh, that would have had to been uh, anything having to do with earth science or biology. Yeah, I figured as much. Now, I would. I was probably best at mathematics, but I wouldn't say that was my favorite. Okay. And question number five. What is the best part, the best part about retirement? I think it's um, waking up in the morning and having a a schedule that is not full. (laughs) And some days it has nothing on it. And by the end of the day, you can't imagine what you weren't able to accomplish. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Henry, good luck on the uh, grandchild front and uh, enjoy your vacation. We will chat in with you when you're back in Minnesota. Fantastic. And great catching up with you. And um, and my, I give my best to the Minnesota anglers as they hit the water this, today in this coming week. That's it for this week. The weekend is here. Get on out there, enjoy the outdoors, and enjoy the fishing. And if you're involved in the Lucan's Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament this weekend, first of all, thank you very much. And secondly, good luck. This has been the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grand Haven Campground. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. And don't forget, you can listen to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country on KB101 FM and KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 weekdays, as well as Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Saturday mornings on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5, B93.3 in Brainerd Baxter, and Kick FM in Alexandria. <laughs>